Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. Siakam backs in near side, left wing. Kick up top to Lowry. Back to Siakam. Drives. Hook shot in the lane. Good. Banked it up and in. 30 for Siakam. At the end of the day, they outplayed us. Like there's no other way to kind of say it. Um, they did what they were supposed to do and took care of home court on the first game. Britt, the Raptors are up 1-0 in the best of seven NBA Finals thanks to a win last night, 118-109 to over the Golden State Warriors. And uh, I, haven't, uh, I haven't talked to playoff basketball with you since the Jazz run ended. So I want to get your thought. Are you surprised by what Toronto's doing, including the Game 1 win last night? Um. I'll say this. I'm surprised they're in the finals. I, I thought that uh, somebody would be able to kind of figure out the, the Kawhi Leonard one-man show. Not one-man show, but the Kawhi Leonard hot streak, and he just seemed to blast through any defensive scheme that the Sixers had to throw at him. Um, and then uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, that one shocked me. I thought the Bucks would uh, – Paul Pierce was not alone on that. I don't know if you heard that. They were chanting Paul Pierce sucks I did last hear night because yep. he chose Milwaukee Bucks. I chose the Bucks. I thought for sure they'd beat Toronto. But I, I got to tell you, man, um, Toronto's defense has been impressive. Awesome. And you go through Kawhi Leonard, defensive, uh, all-defensive team. Um, Gasol, all-defensive team. And I want to say um, there was one other guy I thought. Well, both those all, guys all have won team. defensive, defensive player, player of the year. player of the year, but also multiple defensive teams. Yeah. Um, Green, I want to say, was on an all-defensive team. So I feel like when I'm watching Golden State last night, I watched every minute of that game. I feel like Golden State hasn't seen anything like this yet. A team that can smother them and then rotate aggressively and do it in in sort of correlation, communicating in a loud crowd. Because sometimes, even though that's a home court advantage, it, it can be really difficult, Jake, if you can't hear each other communicating. But... You have smart players on that team. Gasol's a smart player. Danny Green's a smart player. Um, uh, Lowry is a very motivated one-on-one defender. I don't know that he defensively on help side is all that great, although he did take two charges last night. So I think it's defense that has had uh, that had the Warriors a little bit befuddled last night, but I'm going to guess that they're going to combat that and probably play a much better game too. So – let me know. You're you're the the basketball expert, so let me know if I'm way yes, off on this. I am uh, from game one. I actually loved Steve Kerr's defensive game plan, where they just threw everybody at Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, because he was just basically daring other everybody everybody else, else to beat him, and and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and if I'm Steve Kerr, I continue to do it. And well, I and I love Pascal Siakam. We talked a lot about him during the uh, during the Jazz season. He's yeah. a great player. He's broken through. He's awesome, but he's disappeared at times during the playoffs. Yep. Kyle Lowry, you know, is is has been a ghost at times. Extremely manic in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, and uh, Mark Gasol, he's come and gone a little bit. I I actually thought Golden State the way they game plan for Toronto, I thought was terrific. It just it backfired because all those guys had good games. Yeah, you know, Golden State always has been a team that will let sort of do the cat and mouse thing. Let, let They'll sort of play with you, right, and, and and not really just put their foot down on you. I think they waited too long last night. Yeah. And I felt like a combination of that Toronto crowd inside and outside the arena, the energy that was there was going to most likely, uh, the scale was going to tip Toronto's way. I, I feel like there will be a different 
scenario in game two. And I, and I think that all of the Warriors need is a team to beat them for them to go and dissect the game film that much more uh, intensely, you know, in, in an intense manner. And, and the game will be different. I really do think that. But I got to tell you, um, I love Siakam's game. I love how he attacked Draymond Green. It's just that now Draymond will come out in game two and be a little bit more physical before he, he waits too late to get him down in the key. You saw the play where Siakam backed him down, got his back on him, and Draymond just kind of kept giving him ground, giving ground. Tomorrow night, um, or wait, when's the next game? Sunday? Yep. That's not going to happen. Draymond's going to be much more physical with them, um, probably terrify the refs if they even try to give any kind of, uh, you know, leeway uh, with with uh, Siakam I think that he'll make a lot different I think Draymond will do a different approach with him one thing about Golden State or this version of Golden State uh, yeah they still have Steph Clay uh, Iguodala Draymond but this version as opposed to you know a few years ago when they didn't have Durant they're crazy thin yeah. They don't have uh, a Muscle. whole lot uh, coming in off the coming in off the bench. So no. when the the injury report came out today, or at least reports on injuries came out today, uh, Crispy Haynes of Yahoo Sports is uh, is saying that Kevin Durant will play at some point during the series, but he has been ruled out for game number two. And Andre wow. Iguodala, who had that hamstring issue, you know, has been dealing with that for a little while, and and obviously did last night. His MRI MRI came back clean, and he's likely for game number two. So. That's, I mean, they can't afford uh, to be missing Andre Iguodala and Kevin Durant because they just don't have they just don't have the talent step, stepping in to well, fill the gap. And vice versa, compared to what uh, Toronto did in their defensive uh, scheme, they left Iguodala wide open. Right, you saw he struggled to shoot it from outside, and you do everything you possibly can to stick with Curry. And one thing that was very impressive was Gasol's defense on pick and rolls. He would go up and he would meet Curry high, way above the three point line. Um, forcing him to put the ball on the floor. And, and, and a lot of teams do that already, Curry. That's not some magic new formula, but the problem is is rotating and getting back. Gasol's such a big mammoth of a person and had extremely long arms, was able to get the ball, you know, was able to tap the ball and just kind of, you know, wreak a little havoc by, by being aggressive with his hands and, and making Steph have to sort of find the extra channel, find the extra spot to throw the ball through, and he wasn't able to do it last night. Gasol, give him a ton of credit for his help defense. Want to throw some uh, more NBA stuff by you coming up. See, I, I feel like I have so much catching up to do with you on, on NBA life? talk. Isn't oh, it? Isn't it? NBA talk. I mean, because... And life, but yeah. And life. Uh, because the playoffs in the NBA are so long. I it's, feel like it's been forever since right? we talked, and we were out on the old uh, you know, sidewalks of Vivint Smart Home Arena. But a lot has happened, both on the floor and off of it, of course. And, and, and I want to get your thoughts on some of these things because uh, the Jazz, of course, fell to the Rockets in the playoffs, and Houston looked pretty good against the Jazz. And then I think they really blew a huge opportunity against the Warriors and ended yeah. up going out on their own home floor. And then, according to reports, Chris Paul and James Harden uh, were having some issues at the huh. end of that series. And then a couple of days ago, Britt, Daryl Morey, uh, well, it was leaked about him, that he's basically uh, saying the whole roster yeah. is tradable. Come I and get that. him. Let's, let's do this thing. And then they fired all of Mike D'Antoni's staff, and now they've put the brakes on extension talks for yeah. him as he goes into the, the last year of his deal. What do, you, what do you make about what's going on in Houston? Well, I mean, it's not as bad as what's going on in L.A., so you at least well, have yeah. that going for you. That is true. Isn't it crazy though the franchise drama, the the fran- all these the the drama that's happening in these different franchises? And I love it. 
Right, but it's like it's it's not necessarily so dull around here. It's just so professional around here. Right. And I think I've told you this several times when I was, um, you know, on my NBA journey and even over in Europe, teams always had nothing but positive things to say about the Jazz setup and the way they did things, the way they managed everything from from owner down to general manager to coach because you got to know if people don't know this next time you go to a jazz summer league game look behind the bench and just kind of look around the team you have coaches from all over the world that are invited to come and and just observe practice some of the coaches even get out and and uh help like the alex jensen's and um the coach lanes uh you know pass the balls around and be a part of practice just so they can kind of get some ideas to take back to their teams in Europe or in Asia or down in South America. So it's just incredible thinking and listening about, you know, or just, just watching and observing the drama amongst all these different franchises and just realizing that that ugliness never raises its head around the Jazz because of how professional they are and how well things are done around here. Now, that being said, yes, I'm surprised about Houston. I thought Houston would just, you know, listen, how long did it take the Detroit Pistons to get past the Celtics finally. They had to just keep adding pieces and being patient. How long did it take the Bulls to get past the Pistons, right? I mean, things kind of shift. And I thought the Rockets would, you know, take their, their, you know, their lumps, go into the offseason and find that one more piece. But the whole thing explodes. Are you kidding me? Let's just trade everybody. Now, I get it. Chris Paul is old. But to me, the Rockets need one more scorer. One more guy that can that can provide some help for James Harden. And now Chris Paul can't be the number two scorer. He's too old. He's too small. He's not the same Chris Paul he used to be, but he's still valuable. But they're just going to implode the whole thing. I was shocked. I think part of the – I think they might be trying to add that piece that you're talking about, and they're willing to – Yeah, they're, I'm not saying they're not going to, but the talk of just trading everybody was just kind of hilarious. Well, here's, here's the problem, Britt, is their salary – I mean, they are, they are well into the luxury tax and way over the cap, so they can't sign any free agents. So they've got to figure out a way to add that piece or change. And, and the thing is, I think that they would trade Chris Paul in a heartbeat. No one's taking that. But I don't think anybody's going to take his contract. Nobody's going to take that. I don't think anybody. I think maybe the Lakers are dumb enough to do it. <laughs> but outside of that. Because they'll be forced by LeBron. Yeah, of course. To get his summer buddy there. Right, his banana boat friend. How, how well did that go when you brought Dwayne Wade into Cleveland? His first thing was, I felt like I was seeing a, an old childhood friend in my classroom. <laughs> okay, we're glad you're happy. Didn't work too good for the team. No, no, not at all. So, I, are you enjoying watching what the Lakers are going through? Oh though? yeah, everybody isn't? says that. That's it, exactly. You took the words right from my mouth. Everybody except one sort of annoying friend of mine who is a close friend, Travis. If you're listening, you know who you are. He loves the Lakers, and he just keeps insisting on texting me that, that everything's going to turn out and everything's going to be fine and I'm just like don't hold your breath bro because it doesn't look to be going well the, the Rockets thing does surprise me Jake the Lakers thing doesn't doesn't surprise me that seems uh, kind of fitting for some of the demands that LeBron has and then I'm not real impressed with the way Magic has dealt with things. I think it's absolutely hilarious that Michael Wilbon and Stephen A. Smith just give Magic the absolute, you know, uh, freedom card that he can be whoever he wants to be. He's Magic Johnson. If, in fact, he was treating people bad, that's not good. That's, you know, he should be, that should come to the surface. Well, Magic was obviously really bad at that job. And Rob Palinka felt pressure too. Is, well, he wasn't qualified for that and he job. And he has too much going on. 
he has too much going on. Let's be honest. He he is not far. You need a guy in there. Look at Dennis Lindsay, man, and how he zeroes in on, on the Jazz. Brought Magic Johnson's the Dodgers, his movie theaters. I mean, think how many meetings he probably has to be involved in. Imagine being, imagine his schedule. So a part of me is like, yeah, Magic, you shouldn't have taken it in the first place. And a part of me doesn't blame Magic, blames everybody else. You you didn't think you'd want to get a guy that could just come in and, and, and burn the midnight oil, right? And plow away at that job, like a Dennis Lindsay. Like, you know, we've seen uh, the, the Spurs general managers do. I mean, what did you think Magic was going to do? Right. No, I couldn't agree with you more. It was a it was a bad idea yeah. from the start. Let me ask you this, because you still uh, you know have half a toe in kind of the agent world. Yeah. What's Rob Palinka's reputation? What what uh, has it been? It's not good. It's not good. You cannot be um, obviously with former players. Have a former player. Let's just talk a former player. What if there was a former player like Brian Byron Brian Russell? Okay. People know who Brian Russell is mainly because of the shot. But, like, a former player, you know, of the Jazz knocking on, like, Dennis Lindsay, right? You just kind of be like, oh, that's too bad. That's unfortunate. Now imagine if it was John Stockton or Carl Malone knocking on Dennis Lindsay. That's what's happening with yeah. the Lakers. You have Magic Johnson, an icon. Not just for the Lakers, an icon for the NBA. People put Magic up there on the, on the NBA Mount Rushmore. It's a bad look. It, it really is. It's unfortunate. And I bet my gut tells me Rob Plinker probably was out there complaining about magic because he wasn't doing his job. I've, been in, I've had jobs before where guys aren't doing their job, and you don't necessarily want to have the Al Pacino movie theater mo- movie moment where you get in their face and be like, you suck. You're not doing your job. Do it. How many of us really like confrontation? We don't. What do, what do we do? We talk to our coworkers. God, he's never in the office. He's getting paid this, but he's never in the office. And you're doing it because you need help. You need relief. Rob wasn't getting relief, but at the same time, tough, tough situation, but not probably a good idea to go out there and be telling everyone Magic's a lazy dude. Not a lazy dude, but not doing his job. You, you know what? I, I had forgotten about this until uh, we brought it up a couple weeks ago. You know that Palinka was Boozer's agent when he lied to the Cavs oh, and came gracious. to the Jazz? Yikes. Cause, cause, what did he do to the Cavs? Didn't he tell a guy... <laughs> It was a backstabbing, right? Yeah, it was Gordon Gunn, their owner, who was lacking sight. Yes. And uh, so you, Boozer. So you stabbed a blind man in the back, is right. what you're saying. Yeah, they were going to release him in order for him to resign oh, because right. he was a, a second-round draft pick. I was in Europe when that was happening. So he was not going to make – he was making nothing on his contract, but he was out, way out playing his contract. So they just said, all right, we'll release you, and then you just turn around and – sign with us and we'll give you X amount of money, whatever yeah. it was. And as soon as they released him, Palinka was like, hey, guess what, everybody? Carlos Boozer is a free agent. Go to the highest bidder. You know, it's hard when you think about story. The first thing that comes to my mind, Jake, is how hard it was to get Boozer here and how funky of stuff had to happen to get him here. And it's like, that's one of the best free agent stories we have. It's, it's, I apologize not to like damper the spirits of all you jazz fans out there, but it just is. It's, history shows it's been hard to get free agents here. You know, and that was one of the better free agents we've ever gotten, the Jazz have ever gotten, and you look at what happened there. It's just like, oh. It, it, Not saying it can't happen. I, I think it can happen, especially when you've got what you have right now, you know, going for you. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Quinn Snyder. So You know, it's kind of funny we're, we're talking about this, and maybe we'll get into it a little later on in the show. If the Jazz are going to get a free agent, I think that's the type of free agent that they get. Somebody that the league is undervaluing. 
that they Somebody believe that's stabbing someone in the back out no, there. No, 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 no. But so so Boozer was going into his. <laughs> I want to say joking. was it his second year or his third year? Third. He had two years with Cleveland. He had two years with Cleveland, and he was an up and coming player, but he wasn't. You know, a quote-unquote a max guy at that yeah. time. But the Jazz brought him in and turned him into a max guy. You know, say what you will about Carlos Boozer. He earned every penny of that contract yeah. that he signed with the Jazz. A well, lot of made people it to were, the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, right? a lot of people raised their eyebrow at that contract like, oh, you're paying that guy how much? I mean, Cleveland wouldn't match what the Jazz were going to give, yeah. just for an example. And he earned every penny of that contract. I mean, the Jazz were extraordinarily competitive those yeah. years. That was when Memo Wright was playing and the Darren five. Williams Darren and, Williams. Yeah, a Western Conference Finals team bumped uh, their head against. CJ. It's our boy CJ. Yeah, loved old Cafe old Rio. Lefty. <laughs> <laughs> loved yeah. Cafe Rio. That's funny. Yeah, you remember that. Um, oh, he tweeted well, about what. it every 30 seconds. Yeah, the Jazz uh, right now, I'm not saying that a free agent, uh, you know, big signing isn't possible, but it's just kind of funny. You look at the history and there's and, – and, man, you – Things are set up really, really nicely right now to bring a free agent here. Obviously, landing Donovan Mitchell the way they did and, and Rudy and then becoming the types of players they are in, in a surprising fashion. Uh, and then also, you know, people might say what they, they do say about Tobias, Tobias Harris, right? He's kind of at the top of everyone's list right now. Yep. And his numbers, him disappearing in the playoffs, whatever. People need to realize when players have come in here, look at track records of what numbers have happened for players. Quinn Snyder and this prolific staff, I, I include Dennis Lindsay and that, have made players better, right? So I, I, I would ask you know, fans who think that it's not that big of a deal to get a guy like him, he'll come in here and he'll, he'll, he will get better. Joe Johnson was on the down... I mean, look what they squeezed out of him. Yep. That was a that was a fairly dried up grapefruit that they squeezed a lot of juice out of. <laughs> a playoff series victory. I mean, over the Clippers. Yes, you got stuff out of Joe Johnson. It was pretty awesome. More next live from Bullfrog Spas right here in Midvale, seventy two hundred South Seventh West, the Riverwalk Shopping Center on ninety seven five and twelve eighty of the Zone.